Today on What's Up Welland, we are joined by Michael Atkins, our fire prevention, one of our fire prevention officers here in the city of Welland. And he's going to talk to us, of course, about fire safety because, well, that's just what he does, Paul. And it's a timely episode because Fire Prevention Week is going to be October 8 to 14 this year. And he's here to talk fire safety through the lens of how to do it or how to cook safely. So, Mark, unless there's anything else you need to hear from me, I say let's get to Michael Atkins and everything fire safety. Let's do it. So we are joined once again on What's Up Welland by our good friend and fire prevention officer, Michael Atkins. Michael, thanks again for uh, taking the time to stop by. Thank you for having me. So once upon a time, you told us that you could take any message and turn it into a fire safety message. And I think over the the last couple of times we've had you on the show, you've been able to do that. Uh, But this episode, we're literally talking about safety messages as we get closer to fire prevention week. Uh, Fire prevention week is October 8th to 14th. And this year's theme is cooking safety starts with you. So... What are you doing? What do, what do you have on your menu? What recipe do you have ready to cook up for Fire Prevention Week? Well, um, we're going to help people serve up fire safety in the kitchen, uh, as we always do with our fire safety messaging, first and foremost, using our social media platforms. So we've, uh, we've got a pretty strong social media presence with our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, at uh, Well and Fire. Had to get that little plug in. Um, And we're going to be doing, uh, using those platforms. We've got a couple of videos that will be coming out. Um, For some of the people that are listening, they may have seen our our recent video that we did. It was um, our first attempt at a lengthier social media venture. We did an 11-minute video cooking show called Cooking with Fire, Prevention Officer Michael Atkins. And... uh, during that video, it's just me who incidentally is not adept in the kitchen, um, teaching people how to make what we called it big Mike pizza, but, uh, you can probably figure out what, uh, what it actually is. Um, had a really good response from that video. I wasn't sure how it was going to go. We're typically doing, you know, two minute PSAs and this was an 11 minute full show it went over extremely well um and it was kind of a a lead up to uh cooking safety starts with you fire prevention week um getting people in the mindset of of cooking safety and um so we're going to be doing another episode during that week where we're going to be i'm not going to tell you we're going to make it's going to be it's going to be nice it's going to be special um and so i i teach people how to make something that's creative a little different very delicious. And the entire time that we're, we're doing that, I'm just pumping out fire safety messages that relate to kitchen safety. So we're going to be doing that. There's another video that's going to be coming out on Sunday, the 8th of October from 10 to 2. We'll have a couple of fire prevention officers at Rona that will be there. If anybody has any questions, you want to stop by and talk to us about any, anything related to fire safety, particularly uh, cooking fire safety. Uh, we've also distributed some educational materials to new residents, both new residents to the city as well as new residents to Canada. And we're working with uh, Centre de Sante to uh, have a, a presentation in French uh, to our very important French community here in the city as well. 
it is safe to say you are putting on a veritable buffet of fire safety messages and resources and education components, and you are really getting awareness out into the community. For the people who are receiving those messages, they're going home, they're starting to cook, breakfast, lunch, dinner, something in between. What are the best practices that, again, fire safe practices that they should be following? You, you've got tips. What are those tips, sir? I've got tips. I've got lots of tips. Actually, um, you know, I've been doing this job for a number of years and I've always communicated the fire safety messaging that we have surrounding cooking. But it wasn't until I made that big Mac video, big Mike video, um, that it really occurred to me. There's a lot of fire safety messaging specific to, to cooking. Cause as, as I was, you know, pumping them out one after another, one after another, one after another. It was like, wow, there's a lot to think about here. Starting with the fact that before you even turn on the oven, you need to have a look inside. You wouldn't believe how many fires that we've responded to as emergency responders and me as a fire investigator, where an oven was turned on while there was something combustible inside the oven. So take a look and make sure nobody put anything in there. More importantly, don't put anything in there that shouldn't be there. I'm talking about Tupperware, uh, that people tend to use their ovens shockingly as additional cupboard space. So Tupperware is a big one that we find in there. Um, people put their pizza boxes in there to, oh, we've got to keep it warm and then forget that it's there. And then the next day they go to cook something, turn on the oven and now they've got a, a burning pizza box in there, in their oven. So take a look inside. That's, uh, step number one. Um, you want to make sure that uh, you never ever leave cooking unattended. We've got a number of uh, sayings that we have associated with that. Uh, look while you cook. Uh, watch your watch what you heat. Stand by your pan. However you want to remember it. The one of the leading causes of home fires is unattended cooking. So make sure that while you're using the stove, you're you're there. You're present, not just physically present, but also you know, mentally present. You're not, you know, on the phone, sending texts, watching TV in the other room. You're, you're there and aware of what's going on at all times, particularly if you're cooking with things like oil or grease or anything that, um, has an elevated risk of catching fire during the cooking process. Uh, speaking of grease, if, uh, if there's a grease fire on the stove, you want to make sure that you have a lid nearby. You want to put the lid on the fire turn off the stove, leave the pan or the pot on the stove. One of the things that we see, uh, unfortunately, too frequently is even if people for, uh, remember step one and two, putting the, the lid on the pan, turning off the oven, they frequently seem to think that they need to get that pot or pan off the stove and take it outside. This is an extreme risk. We've had a number of people who have actually started um, additional fires because they've spilled the grease or whatever on the floor. Um, but more frequently, we have people who have sustained uh, severe burns because they're carrying a pot or pan that's literally full of scalding hot grease or oil that, uh, you know, one misstep and it's, it's splashing on your leg, on your arm. So leave the pot or pan on the stove. I cannot overstress that. Turn off the stove, put the lid on it. Don't remove the lid to have a look at it, to see if it's out. 
what you do when you put the lid on it is you're smothering the fire. You're removing the oxygen from the fire. Fire needs heat, needs oxygen, it needs fuel. The grease is the fuel, the oven's providing the heat, the air is the oxygen. So when we put the, the lid on it, we're taking away the oxygen. When we take that lid off, we're reintroducing oxygen, which is just going to start the fire straight back up. So leave the lid on it, call 911, fire for, firefighters will come, we'll make sure that it's out, we'll make sure it's safe. Uh, if there's been a lot of smoke or whatever, we can use our our fans to clear out some of the, the smoke and smell. But uh, yeah, that's that's a huge one. Um, and Michael, no water on a grease fire, right? Never put water on a grease fire, um, ever. It's If you want to take a bad situation and make it infinitely worse, um, that's a good way to do it. Uh, water and grease do not react well. Uh, you're going to get essentially an explosion of, of flame as well as hot grease splattering everywhere. Um, it's 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 not good. Never put water on a grease fire. Thank you. <laughs> well, it's one of those things, right, in, in listening to you talk, when we think about extinguishing a fire, more often than not, we think, well, water extinguishes a fire. Why would it not work here? But even though we've learned and we've heard, don't put water on a grease fire, sometimes maybe in that moment of panic or uncertainty, that natural reaction of water extinguishes might kick in. So again, if we, we have a chance to, to reiterate that as you've just done, we're going to do that. Exactly. Yeah. So that's a, that's a great one. Um, something else that we always tell people to do or rather not to do is put anything combustible on the stovetop. Uh, nothing made of wood, nothing made of plastic, uh, no cloth or anything. Um, but beyond that, you also want to make sure that you don't put anything or leave anything on the stove that's not only combustible, but might have trace amounts of food. And I'll tell you why. Three times in my career with the City of Welland Fire Department, I've responded to fires that, believe it or not, were started by dogs who jumped up on the stove, paws on the front of the stove, because there was, in one case, it was a, a leftover pizza box that was sitting on top of the stove. In, uh, in two cases, it was a cutting board with, uh, the leftovers from the sandwich that was cut on the board. And, uh, and, you know, Bow Wow jumps up to investigate the, the food that's on there, uh, accidentally turned on the, the burner. And next thing you know, you've got a, you've got a kitchen fire happening. So, uh, not only don't put combustibles on the, on top of the stove, but especially make sure that it, there's no, no food leftovers there as well. I'm not equating children being like pets, but I have to ask about children right now. Mm -hmm. So keep in mind for people who have pets, there are precautions to take for people who have, who have children present, who have children in the house, who have children who may decide the kitchen is the best place to play when someone is cooking. What should parents or what should guardians know when children are on site and a meal is about to start getting cooked up what what again what are those practices that people must know to keep any everyone safe so one of the things that we always preach is uh, maintain a three foot kid free zone around the stove at all times um, ideally that's including when the stove's not in use condition the kids that the stove is not an area for them 
They need to be at least three feet away at all times. That way, when the stove is on, um, they're already aware that I can't, I can't be close. Uh, you want to make sure that you have pots and pans. Their, their handles should be turned in or, or sideways so that they're not hanging out so that, uh, the kid can't come up and grab the, the handle to try and have a look inside to see what's being cooked. Cause obviously that's going to result. Um, and some bad things happening. Uh, we recommend not, and, and li- listen, this is something I'm guilty of as well. We've all got that, um, dishcloth or, or drying towel that hangs over the, the handle bar on the front of the, yep. on the front of the oven. Yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> very easy for a kid to grab that and pull it down, not only opening the oven, um, which could be, you know, a risk there, but, um, just pulling the, the door down on hitting themselves in the face. So, uh, it's strongly recommended not to do that. Although, like I said, uh, I'm, I'm guilty of that as well. Um, but officially don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so moving away from younger children to some older kids, we're talking post-secondary who, you know, are in the city. Maybe it's the first time they've been out on their own. Uh, they're living with roommates, they're cooking for themselves. Uh, so there's a bit of a communal kitchen aspect. So you're cooking, I'm cooking, Paul's cooking, we all have different things going or maybe at different times. Is there anything in particular, um, you know, those students who, who may be experiencing that for the first time, any tips and tricks for them to keep in mind, especially when maybe how they've left their appliances or their kitchen isn't going to be how they found it? Right. So one thing that we we recommend particularly if it's a if it's a communal kitchen is to make sure that you clean up any mess that may have been made on the stovetop or in the oven sometimes things boil over sometimes uh something drips down and if you don't clean that up the next person is going to come in they're going to turn on the stove they're going to say oh i didn't make this mess i'm not going to clean it they turn on the stove, they turn on the oven, the leftover materials, the grease, whatever, uh, can start to burn, can start on fire. So uh, step one, make sure that you clean up after, after yourself. Um, we also recommend that, uh, you follow the rules. Like if you're living in a dorm, for instance, they typically have rules for use of hot plates and things like that. Those rules are there for a reason. Follow the rules. We don't recommend the use of hot plates, um, particularly if they're not allowed where you're living. But uh, if you are going to use a hot plate, make sure that it's on a stable surface, it's away from anything combustible, that it's turned off immediately after use, um, that it's not somewhere that, you know somebody's going to knock it over uh, or pets can't get into it. Um, so those those are all big ones, and then not necessarily specific to our college age group, but. Um, something we see more frequently with our college age group is to remember uh, another one of our cheesy sayings. Uh, you can burn a lot more than your food uh, if you're drinking while intoxicated or cooking while intoxicating. Let's try that one more time. Okay. Yeah. If you're cooking while intoxicated. Yes, I did it. Um, so, you know, particularly with things like French fries, grease, um, bacon, anything you know, with oils or grease, don't be cooking while you're under the influence of drugs or alcohol. Um, we see a lot of, of nasty fires start because of, of that. So we've touched on stoves. We've touched on ovens. You just spoke about hot plates being a concern, especially for, for those 
living the student life, other cooking appliances or microwaves, electrical appliances, pieces that people use beyond the oven and stove to do their cooking. What are some ideas for how to, if a, use them safely. B, if if there is a situation that does erupt, um, what what's the way to deal with? Okay, so with microwaves, for instance, there's a few things. Number one, uh, particularly, again, getting back to our college students, sometimes um, there's not a lot of outlets available. And so what we see is daisy chaining or connecting uh, outlets or things together in series with multiple extension cords and multiple power bars. Is that what daisy chaining is? Yes. I've, ne- I've never yes. heard that term yes. before. So daisy so chaining just... is when you take uh, an extension cord and plug it into another extension cord and plug that into another extension cord and then plug that into a power bar, which is plugged into another extension cord, which plugs into the outlet. So like Clark Griswold's Correct. garage setup. Yes. For his... And yeah. um, there's a whole bit of science behind why that's bad, but... Um, leave it to the scientists. Leave it to the yeah. scientists. <laughs> Essentially, that's bad. The, every time you connect an, an extension cord to another extension cord or into a into a power bar, um, it causes uh, stuff to happen that increases the uh, the likelihood of a fire. So you want to avoid that, particularly when you're plugging in high energy drying appliances like and uh, a microwave. So when possible, make sure the uh, the microwave is plugged directly into the outlet uh, that it's drawing power from. You want to make sure when you put things in the microwave, you're cooking them for the correct amount of time. Um, it's very easy to say, oh, I meant to put that in for 90 seconds. I put it in for nine minutes. So you need to also be aware of you know, what's going on in the microwave because things can overheat, blow up. Um, and then you also want to make sure, obviously, Never put anything metal in a microwave. This is something that actually occurred to me once. I uh, I was making soup, and I put it in the microwave, heated it up a bit, and then I took the bowl out of the microwave, set it down on the counter to stir it, and put it back in the microwave. Well, the condensation on the bowl, I didn't realize when I set it on the table or on the counter, there was a, a single um, staple on on the counter that actually stuck to the bottom of the of the bowl and I put it back in to the microwave and let me tell you the fireworks started pretty quickly. Uh I was fortunately standing right there and, and turned it off immediately, figured out what happened, but uh, bad things happen when you put metal in microwaves. So just make sure that you know the you're not getting lazy. You're pouring the can of soup into the bowl and not i'll just heat up the can and eat it out of here so i don't have dishes to do um not nothing metal ever in the microwave so we've talked a lot about indoor cooking but there are some of us who enjoy outdoor cooking Mm -hmm. our barbecues our fire pit whatever it may look like whatever that open flame is outside that we're cooking on how can we, and let's focus on barbecues, how can we grill safely? What rules apply the same indoors and outdoors? Um, I would imagine some of them in terms of, you know, don't walk away from the barbecue when it's, you know, Correct. 450 degrees cooking your burgers. Uh, stay there, be mindful. But what, what do we need to know about outside cooking? So with, uh, with barbecues in particular, you want to make sure that they're at least three feet away from a combustible uh, anything combustible, the side of the house, the the fence, 
Um, they should not be directly on top of something combustible like a, a deck either. You can get uh, non-combustible mats to set them on or uh, take them and put them on, on, the, on the grass or, or, or patio, like a concrete patio. Something that's not going to catch on fire should be underneath it, and something that and, and nothing that can catch on fire should be within three feet of it. Um, if a fire does occur, uh, one way to avoid the fires is to make sure that they're they're cleaned. Um, so you know all that extra stuff that's left on at the end of the last barbecuing session, clean that off before the next one. Um, that reduces the risk of a fire even starting. Uh, clean out the grease trays. Uh, to prevent or, or decrease the likelihood of a, a fire happening there. But in the event that a fire does occur in the barbecue, uh, step one should be, if safe to do so, close the lid and turn off the, uh, the heat, the, the fuel source, uh, whether it's gas or propane, whatever. If you, if you can safely turn it off, great. That fire is going to go out on its own in a few minutes when it eats up all the oxygen and no longer has, has the fuel. Uh, if not safe to do so, then obviously we don't want you to, to put yourself at risk. Call the fire department. We'll come deal with it. Uh, we're we're pretty adept at putting out fires. It's kind of a little bit what we do. Yeah. Um, so in any situation, just just give us a call. But if if something does happen, try to remove the the fuel source and get the the lid closed, and you should should be okay. Michael, as expected, you brought a host of great tips, insights, ideas, practices with regards to all things fire safety. But now in the wake of uh, fire safety or fire prevention week with that focus on cooking safely. Thank you so much for joining us today. We know there are going to be some great messages in store for this week and going forwards from you and the team at Welland Fire and Emergency Services. So thank you for all you do fire safety wise for our community. Thank you. Thank you again to our good friend, Michael Atkins, for bringing us all of the insights on fire safety and how to cook and make sure what we are doing in the kitchen, in our backyard, with the appliances, with pets, with kids, with all of that around, um, that the choices we're making, that the practices we're following are those that keep, that keep us safe, our home safe, and the people around us. I don't really have a, a, a big takeaway from this. I know full well that our uh, Will and Fire and Emergency Services people are active and engaged in our community. And in a week like Fire Prevention Week, they are out there that much more making sure that those those key messages are delivered. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, like Michael said, he tried something a little different with the longer uh, video, the the kind of cooking show parody, if you will. Um, but even he was, I think, a little bit surprised at just how many fire safety tips he was able to bring out in one very short cooking episode. Um, so if you haven't seen it yet, definitely make sure to check it out because all of his videos and all of the videos that, that he has a hand in for well and fire and emergency services are not only highly educational, but they are highly entertaining. Uh, so you will learn something and you will laugh guaranteed. Um, yeah, again, thank you to Michael as always. Uh, you know, th they're such a busy group. So for him to be able to take some time today uh, is always appreciated. For any of our past episodes, if you care to check them out with our guest, Michael Atkins, uh, who we've had on a few times before, engagewellin.ca slash podcast is where you can find them. And of course, uh, bookmark that site for all of our future episodes. We'll catch you next time. Mm -hmm.